Warning. This episode contains adult language and content. They say the pen is mightier, but in whose hands? So we'll pitch your stories head to head and find out which one lands. All three sham writers haven't read a lot. So your sham host will find a famous plot. From books and films and TV shows, they'll make a pitch. Then off you go to write what you don't know. Sham Fiction, the show where two writers cross pens in a duel to write what they don't know. Now, here's your host, Eric Carlson. Welcome to the bleak future of Sham Fiction, starring Eric Carlson (laughs) and two others. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome to Sham Fiction. It's great to see your, your beautiful faces. It feels like it's been... Hundreds of years since I've seen you. (gasps) Are we really in the future? This might very well be the future. You know why? Why? Because today we're talking about the Hulu series Future Man. And we are all future men today. Who are these future men? Who are these two others I keep talking about? Well, let me introduce them. To my left, (laughs) we have... (laughs) We have Andrew Neal laughing because we're on a video call on the internet right now, and there are no lefts and rights. But we got Andrew Neal. How are you doing? Beep, bop, boop. I am Android Drew. (laughs) You know, it started off with such promise. Android Drew. (laughs) Android Drew. All right, and to the right of Android Drew, we have Marcus Mann. How are you? You can call me of Eric. I'm doing great. (laughs) Oh, no, it is a dystopian future. It is. It is a dystopian future, but that's ruining things. I'm not allowed to talk about that yet. So this I don't show, think we're young and fit enough to be in a dystopian future. That's true. First to die. Yeah, we, we'd all be three of us completely out of it. The grizzled oh, old yes. timers who immediately make a rookie mistake. <laughs> um. So so before we get into all the nitty gritty, and there is nitty and gritty oh, good. in this show. I just want to give credit where credit is due. As I said, this is a Hulu show. What? It's been it's been going on. Yeah, Hulu original. What is that? What's they a Hulu? They do that now. It's it's a you know you go to the you go to the internet machine. Yep. Uh, a volume. You, you, you type in H. Then what? And then a U. Oh, U. here it comes. And then an L. What? Bring it and home. Then get oh, this. Oh oh oh! Get this. I bet. Oh oh. A second U. Oh. oh missed it by that Classic, much. And then concise. you got. And then you got .com. So Hulu original. So it's only found on Hulu. And guess what? It's great. Oh. I love it. I just watched it for the first time because both Andrew and Marcus were like, hey, you should watch that future man and pitch it to us. And I said, okay. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's what's happening. And uh, now you know nothing about up. it, by the way, we should say. It's not like we've seen it and told Eric to see it. It was just like, <laughs> hey, that looks kind of cool. Maybe you should do that one. <laughs> yeah, so you, saw, you saw a preview on a Hulu, probably. I would imagine. It was not on Netflix. So this show is uh, is basically brought to us by the minds of uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Hey, that's cool. Uh, they, are, uh, they are creators on the show. Um, alongside, I should give credit where credit is due, the main creators on the show are Kyle Hunter, Howard Overman, and Ariel Shafir. 
Uh, But Rogan and Goldberg uh, directed the first three episodes. They had a hand in writing all this stuff. It's very much their vein of humor. Um, Lots of dick jokes. And uh, lots of dick jokes, for sure. (laughs) Um, And this is a show uh, starring Josh Hutcherson. You know, we got (gasps) Peter Malark. Peter Malark from The Hunger Games. Um, remember, he's, uh, remember that time where he painted himself like with 3D modeling moss all over his body? That just happened in that first movie. It was the most ridiculous <laughs> thing. And the explanation is like, nah, because he decorates the cakes. <laughs> this is something he yeah. can do. Yeah. Yeah, it's what you do. He, he, you... he specializes in cakes that no one can see because they're so well camouflaged. <laughs> Please include that in your sham of this future man. I enjoyed the Hunger Games movies, but that was maybe the most ridiculous explanation. (laughs) (laughs) And how does he do that to himself without a frame of reference? You know what? You know what, Marcus? You're asking questions that are too big for the scope of one show. All right. I'll start my own investigative podcast. please, Please. Back to future man. Who else is in the show? We got Eliza Coop. We got Ooh, Derek Wilson. She was on the Scrubs. Uh, yes, that is correct. Um, I don't know what Derek Wilson has been in. Uh, stuff. You know who else is in this show? Who? Keith David. <gasps> Ooh, the Keith Arbiter the himself. <laughs> the, the, the Arbiter from Halo Two. From everybody's most famous role. It's everybody's favorite <laughs> Halo game. Uh huh. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> That's all we need to say about him. Hashtag relatable. Uh, you know, Ed Begley Jr.'s in this. What? Hey, that's exciting. He's an alpaca. Recent, yeah, sadly recently departed Glenn Heedy oh. is in this. Oh, uh, rest in peace. Haley Joel Osment is in this show. Hey. He's an actor. The guy from he Silicon is. Valley? Oh, is he in Silicon Valley? He's in the latest yeah. season. Is great. Oh, yeah. wow. He's really good well, in it, too. Well, that makes sense, considering his role in this. Anyway, which I may not talk about at all on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> and uh, podcast favorite, Paul Shear. Oh, sure. He has a small role, but he's there. Cool. Anyway, it's a Hulu original. Check it out. It's great. Uh, and if, if we don't have any more references to the Hunger Games to get out, I think I'm just going to get into this pitch. Is that cool? Um, yeah, Marcus, think about it for think a second. It. Let's I'll give you just, five just give seconds. you a good think about it. Any Hunger Games things? Thinking, Three, thinking. Two, what district does one. this take place in? <laughs> district. I, I don't have an answer for that. There are what? There are thirteen districts. I think, I think one of them was exploded, but then it turned out to not have been exploded. <laughs> it's district exploded. <laughs> okay, district exploded. That's good. Anywho, let's let's start this thing. Let's get the eight minutes on the clock. I believe. Pitch session. Eight minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, let's jam. All right, future man. It is the bleak future. (gasps) The biotic wars have wreaked havoc on the human race, and the survivors are living in the sewers. They're eating rats. (gasps) It's disgusting. It's no good for humanity. No No good at all. Think kind of think Terminator post judgment day. (gasps) You know what I'm saying? It's the worst time. It is the worst time. Is Christian Bale uh, there? Uh, no, thankfully no. <laughs> uh, it's kind of Mad Max. It's it's just it's gritty. It's it's uh, it's extreme. It's violent. It's not a good place to be. Uh, the bad guys in this war are the biotics. 
Ooh. The biotics, they're like some weird, mysterious, mutant, super soldier things that can't be killed easily. And they are <laughs> immune to poisons and immune to diseases. They're genetically superior to humans in every way. What are they exactly? We don't know. But they wear scary black armor and they kill a lot. And they, they're hunting down the remnants of humanity. Oh no! Uh, the leader of the human resistance is Tiger. Tiger. Tiger, she's a hard-as-nails soldier. Okay. Who never loses sight of the goal to destroy the biotics oh, man. once and for all. Yes. She's smart. Good. She's strategic. Good leader. She's a natural, natural leader. Oh, man. There it is. Her second-in-command is Wolf. <laughs> Wolf, he's a demolitions expert, and he's fiercely, fiercely loyal to Tiger. Like a, like a do dog. Anything like a dog, <laughs> but I guess more accurately, like a wolf. Oh, yeah. Because that's his name. All of the humans in the resistance are named after animals, by the I way. Was, I was catching that. that. I was catching I was waiting for a third one to catch a theme going. You use that as much as possible. I'm not gonna actually name a third one. Though the, you know, there there's owl, there's there's butterfly, there's dolphin, anything you can think of, they're in there. Sloth. Um in fact, there's a great scene uh, in one of the first episodes where she does a roll call, and it's just a super cut of 40 th- 44 different animal <laughs> words with the cutaways to each of the people. It's great. It's funny. Um, so Wolf is, uh, ex- like I said, extremely loyal to Tiger. Where she is stoic and strong, Wolf is passionate, and sometimes those passions can get the better of him, oh, no. right? But here's the thing about the biotic wars and all this going on. It's not real. It's a video game. What? Wait a second. The video game is called The Biotic Wars. Just a video game. Or is it what? just a video game? What? We learned Anywho. last time that it's not always just a video game. Ooh. That's true. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, not always just a video game. That's the, that's the <laughs> subtitle of that one. Same thing here. We got a video game sort of franchise. Um, but And it's not the bleak future. No, it's December 2017, and it's in the Los Angeles area. And our main character in this show is Josh Futterman. He is the, <laughs> he is the future man. You see, future man is his gamer tag, basically. He calls himself future man because his name is Futterman, duh. Wait, well, Futterman is way cooler, am I he's right? He's from the Futter. <laughs> oh, he is from the Futter. Uh, but he's, he's working as a janitor. He's kind of a loser. He's working uh, at this laboratory called Cronish Labs, um, just as a janitor, not doing anything important or sciencey, trying to cure diseases like everybody else there. Um, but all he basically does is play the Biotic Wars video game on PC in his free time. He's obsessed with this game. And the thing about the games, this game, the Biotic Wars, is that it is impossible. Like, nobody has ever beaten it. People hate it. They think it's a four terrible game. Four minutes remaining. Ooh, uh, four minutes remaining. Um, and nobody's ever beaten it. So uh, they make fun of him for playing it. But here's the thing. Josh... Futterman totally beats it. <gasps> he finally finishes the game, beats the final boss. He's the last and he's done it. He is. <laughs> uh, it's funny you should mention that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is the greatest thing that Josh Futterman's ever done. And then Tiger and Wolf suddenly appear in his bedroom as he's having a celebratory wank. <laughs> <laughs> as because... Because it turns out the Biotic Wars, just like The Last Starfighter, it's not really a video game 
just for made for enjoyment. It's a recruitment tool sent back to back in time from the future to try to find the ultimate warrior who's capable of beating the biotics once and for all. Oh man. And little do Tiger and Wolf know that in 2017, video games are just played for fun and you don't have to be a super elite warrior to be able to finish a hard video game, uh, much to their chagrin. Uh, So now the future man is caught up in this time traveling adventure, trying to stop the biotics from ruining the future, trying to stop the biotics from ever coming to be uh, like Terminator style, like going back in time and killing John Connor. So how are they going to do this? Instead of killing John Connor, they're killing the person who led to the birth of the biotics. And that is none other than Josh Futterman's boss, Elias Cronish. This is Keith David. Mm. Ooh. Uh, see, the reason that this all happens is because Cronish is the man who will one day cure herpes. And somehow that cure for herpes leads to the curing of all diseases and somehow the creation of the biotics in the process, somehow. So Tiger and uh, Wolf want to use him to two help them. Remaining. Two minutes help them kill Cronish so that this never happens. But, you know, uh, Josh isn't like the kill my boss sort of guy, you know. So he's kind of trying to stop them from doing that, trying to find other ways to stop Cronish from finding the cure whatever um just notes about this show this is you know it's seth rogan and evan goldberg so that sort of dick humor is very much at play silly and funny and joking everything is a punchline lots of juvenile humor um and it's not actually a lot about gaming this isn't like jumanji where it's talking about the tropes of gaming this is really more of a love letter to like sci-fi as a whole Okay. Lots and lots of references to Terminator, references to Back to the Future. It's a very, very Back to the Future-y sort of show. Um, because they're kind of jumping around through time. Anywhere that relates to Elias Cronish's life, they're likely to show up. Um, things about the characters really quick. Um, Tiger. One minute remaining. One minute remaining. Tiger. She doesn't know what babies are. Weird. She refers to mouths as rat holes, because what else would you call the (laughs) hole that you shove rats into? Uh, Wolf. I'll say this about Wolf. Life made him a warrior, but he was born to be a chef. Just take that as you will. Um, so neither Tiger or Wolf know anything about modern society, any pre-apocalypse society. So they really rely on Josh because he's the only one who knows anything about their world. Um, Josh, he's he's a janitor. So the only reason he really knows anything about anybody is because he digs through their garbage. So you can <laughs> oh, use that. of course. So he knows about their trash. He's kind of creepy, but he's an earnest guy. Good dude. Um, and um, like I said, any time period in Cronish's life is up for game. He's like in his 60s in 2017. He's, you know, Keith David. So yeah. think about, you know, born in the 40s, lives until question mark. Um, any time in there, all fair game. Time's up. And Ooh. that's it. That is it. That is Future Man. That is the setup. I hope that that is enough to go off of. But just in case it's not, I'm going to give both of you two minutes to ask me additional questions. Does that sound good? Sounds great. There's so much to go off of there. There is a lot going on um, that I said very fastly. So quickly, fastly, quickly. Fastly. I love it. Stick with it. Michael Fassbender. There it is. Uh, So I'm going to start with Andrew. Andrew Neal. Oh, that's me. Are you ready to ask questions? 
You know, I think uh, I think I'm as ready as I'll ever be. So let's do All it. All right. Well, as always, Marcus, you're not allowed to hear Andrew's questions or my answers. So uh, you you just scoot. You just scoot on out of here. I will hit on out. All right. Let's start that timer. Two minute Q and A begin. Okay. So do uh. Do Wolf and and Tiger have sweet, like, future laser weapons? Um, they do have sweet future weapons, but they're kind of thrown together. Like, this is the resistance. It's kind of built from junk. Okay. Do the biotics have time-traveling powers? Oh, yes. They have all the high-tech. Basically, anything good they've the humans have stolen from the biotics. Okay, so the only reason the humans are able to go back in time is because of the biotics. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, wow. Um, who, who plays, um, is, is, who plays, uh, I mean, who plays, like, uh, Keith David's character in the past? Do we see him, like, in multiple points in the past? We see, we see multiple versions of, of him. Okay. Of Cronish. Okay, so it's not, like, one person. It's not, like, they're spending. Multiple actors. There, does each episode kind of be framed around, um, a specific point in time that they're traveling to, or do they spend more time than other times? mainly yes i think you're right that it's it's one episode per time period and some you know whole plot takes place in that time period before they're out again so are the people from the future just straight up trying to kill him and does future man have to like intervene with that haha glad you asked asked so the biotics since they do have time travel themselves they are trying to interfere with what they're doing so you will get biotics in the past where they shouldn't be Okay, so the biotics seconds can, remaining. Oh, oh boy. Uh, so the biotics are be they have the ability to track them through time? Not no, not necessarily, but they are planted throughout time to protect Cronish in his life. Mostly later in his life, not like when he's like a baby. What are the personalities of these things? Uh, they're just killing machines, unstoppable killing machines. They have weird scrotum faces. Oh my goodness, of course. Like, every detail you're giving just reminds me that... Time's with, up. With, yeah. Oh man, with the, these two, with Goldberg and Rogan, they just uh, go for the lowest thing that they can go with. It's like, what? What? what is the dirtiest joke that we could make here? Just in every mm-hmm. part. I love it. Okay, well, I will, uh, I'll scoot away and um, I will make room for, for Marcus, but uh, I'm going to go get a head start on my story. Uh, Beautiful. I'm excited. Good luck. I can't wait to hear what you do with it. Thanks, dude. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Bring in Marcus in. Hey, how's it going? How was that Q&A? Was it a good Q&A? It was a terrible, god-awful Q&A. And no one from the future came back to correct that terrible Q&A from having happened? You would think that it would happen. You would think that would be proof that time travel is real. And I guess, well... That's the priority. Maybe, priority maybe number not. one, correcting Andrew's bad Q&A. Priority number two, kill Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> anyway are you ready for your q a yes i am so ready for my q a all right let's, let's throw kick it off two minutes on the clock two minute q a begin future tech how do they travel through time what kind of weapons and gadgets do they have so they travel through time using a device called the ttd which is i think just the time device time <laughs> travel device something like that yeah <laughs> so ttd uh i can't, i mean there are advanced weapons um, but I can't say much about it because Andrew asked. Okay. TTD, is that like a wrist thing or is it something that they carry around? It is like a tablet. It's kind of the shape, size and shape of a laptop. Uh, open it up. There's buttons inside. Okay. Uh, does anyone on the show have herpes like in the present? 
Is that yes, a Cronish. Cronish has herpes. Cronish has herpes. That <laughs> is why he's trying to cure it because he got herpes at a frat party in 1969 after the moon landing and <laughs> uh, has been trying to cure it ever since. Awesome. Does a uh, Futterman travel into the future? Does he get to see the future? Uh, oh, yes, he does. He doesn't go very far into the future, actually. He never goes full like biotic time period, which is like 2140s, 2150s, something like that. Um, but he does go to 2023 at one point. Ooh, that's exciting. Is uh, is the guy still alive at that point? The uh, Cronish? Yeah, Cronish. Uh, I believe so. Okay. I'm not exactly is sure. Is there any uh, romance in this series? Um, yes. Uh, Josh being kind of a loser, he's got his love interests. At first, he's kind of into Tiger because she's this video game character that he like idolizes and very soon realizes that they ain't nothing happening there. Okay. Um, but he's got, he's got some work crushes. Okay. Does he have his own apartment or does he live in his parents' basement? What kind of things does he do? Lives with his parents. Gotcha. His wonderful parents in the house he grew up in. Okay. The uh, Futterman house. Do they exploit time travel for anything other than this mission? Like, does he get rich or anything? Um, not really in the way you're thinking. Okay what way <laughs> but things change it's very back to the future okay. uh, mechanics gotcha so like one time stream you're changing the photo that kind of deal time's exactly. up Ooh, time's up all right that was exciting yeah that was a that was a great q a way better than andrews that's the hope uh-huh anyway <laughs> right. get out of here i'm gonna get out go, i'm gonna write go right i'm gonna write all the really, future really excited to see how you two stack up against each other so get on all get right on i'm going. done all right so while Marcus and Andrew are writing their version of Hulu's Future Man. I just, uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it uh, to these commercial breaks. But we'll hear their stories in just, a, just a minute or two. Hey, hey, hey! I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I love sham fiction so much, but I don't have a way to express my love to the world. Well, guess what, dedicated sham listener? You are in luck because iTunes and the Apple Podcast app have this fancy little feature that lets you leave a five-star rating to tell everybody in the world that Sham Fiction is a great show. Wow. What a world we live in. Such technology. You know what else is on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app? The ability to write a little review. You just there's like a box and you fill it in and you say, I love sham fiction so much, and then all the other people in the world, they see this and they're like, wow, sham fiction. I should listen to that. It's just a just a, a, a helpful pointer from your pals over here at Sham Fiction. Welcome back to the dark future. Oh no! It is future, man. It is time to read Marcus and Andrew's versions of the future man <laughs> starring future man. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Get out of here. Gravel voice, man. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Eric. Get, hey, I, gravel voice, man. Welcome back. Hello. I'm still here. <laughs> no, Gravel Voice Man, this is my show. I, my name is Eric. I am the host of this week's show. Hey, did you write some future men, guys? I sure did. Me too. Andrew? Oh, that's a relief. This would have been awkward. You gravel guy, did you uh, write one? I want to hear more from you. What's your backstory? You look cold. <laughs> 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 uh, 
He looks cold. He looks. I am cold. Thank you. I got pointy gravel nipples. Thank you. Thank you, gravel man. Thank you so much for sharing. No problem. All right, let's let's do some readings. Can we? I hope Gravel Man becomes like a recurring character on the show now. I, I'm... I hope he just drops well... dead and we never see him again. <laughs> you need because... he's sitting right next to you. How dare you say that? Gravel Man I'm can't so hear so good. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's not wearing headphones. I gotta oh, tell you, go. I gotta tell you too. Looking at Gravel Man, I don't think it would cost too much to keep him on the show. He looks uh. <laughs> Looks a little rough. No, 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 we don't need this. Yes, keep me around forever. <laughs> I am the new co-host of Sham Fiction. Season Gravel. Oh, there we go. Oh, no. I'm, I'm on board with this. You guys were just like, remember with Ham Fiction, that whole fake thing you were doing? I'm on board with this. This is real. This is real Sham life. Sham Fiction Season Gravel. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> with his gravelly right, nips. All right. Oh, gosh. So anyway, um, I don't know what the deal with Gravel Man is. I guess he's from the future. <laughs> is that the connection? I don't know. Uh, anyway, let's keep talking about the future, but I don't want to oh. hear Gravel Man's version of the future. I want to hear about your guys' version of the future. So uh, who's who's ready? Who, who wants to go first? You know who wants to go first? Marcus Mann has his hands raised, so that means Andrew Neal's gonna go first. All right, I like what you did there. What? Oh, Mm. guys, I just full disclosure. Um, I thought it was Past Man, so I wrote (laughs) Past Man. That is that is hilarious because that is a joke from the actual show. Take it away. All right, you already got like five extra points. All right, here we go. Here's Andrew Neal's sham fiction of Futterman. Future man, do you copy? Over. Tiger's voice came in through Josh's earpiece. With it came a bolt of excitement, because first off, she was still calling him Future Man, which he loved. (laughs) Second off, he was wearing an earpiece while on a secret mission, like in every awesome movie ever. And finally, the voice belonged to a mean, sexy warrior lady from the future. (laughs) All this was o- although this was only his third mission in as many weeks, the thrill of this crazy, amazing twist in his life hadn't worn off. Josh had promised himself he wouldn't let it. Copy, I'm almost to the roof. His footsteps echoed in the stairway. Good, because you're going to have company, the secretary. Oh, shit! Josh halted as he reached the door to the roof. Where is she? In Cronish's office, reading the note you left there. Tiger and Wolf were positioned on the building across the street, running surveillance and cover. Tiger was on the former, and Wolf the latter, likely peering through the scope of his wicked beam rifle. Seriously, (laughs) how fucking cool. (laughs) She's leaving the office now. Do what you need to do, over and out. Right, Josh thought. What I need to do. That part was less cool. Josh took a few quick breaths to psych himself up and swung open the door. The blinding California sun was there to meet him. Josh wasn't a fan of the sun, or the heat, or outside in general, really. Air conditioning and television were more his bag. Really? You? A voice said, questioningly. Josh's eyes adjusted to the light. The voice's owner came into view. Dr. Elias Cronish, age 36, stood near the roof's edge. 
the doc was rocking a pimpin' look. Pleated khakis, purple turtleneck, gold chain. The 80s were treating the man well. You left the note? The new janitor? He clearly wasn't impressed, which weakened Josh's confidence. Josh nodded. Yes, I... That was quite a threat, Cronish interrupted. Yes, sir, but I just made it up. I made it up? Yes, I needed to get you up here. You see, Josh trailed off, remembering the whole reason he was there. He reached into his pants pocket. What he needed was stuck. Cronus shook his head. I don't believe this. I'm calling security. No, sir, please, Josh pleaded. Cronus ignored him and started toward the door. Obviously, you're fired, but I'll be a little generous because you look desperate. One week's pay. It's best I can do. Cronus brushed past Josh. Wait! Josh grabbed the doctor's arm with his free hand. Cronish halted and looked at Josh's grip on him. All right, now I'm calling the cops, and there ain't gonna be no pay. With a powerful yank, Josh pulled what he needed to out of his pocket and held it up before Cronish. The device was the size and shape of a large egg with a green blinking light on top. Whew, here goes, Josh thought, meeting the doctor's eyes. Dr. Cronish... With all due respect, I need you to stick this thing up your ass. <laughs> Cronish's eyes went wide. He shook away Josh's grip and took a step away. Look, you crazy mother. Sir, please. Josh insisted. Put this up your ass right now. We don't have time. He took a step forward. Hey, Cronish shouted. Stay away from me. Tiger's voice suddenly came through the earpiece. Plant the suppository now. Secretary inbound. Three minutes max. Josh only half heard her. He was already panicking. Cronish now had his back to the stairway door. I'm telling you, sir, Josh said, waving the device at Cronish. You have to smack. Pain erupted across Josh's face. His nose was instantly on fire. He raised his free hand to his face, and it came away with blood. Josh looked up at Cronish through black clouds, which swam across his field of vision. The doctor had his fists raised in a weak-looking fighter's stance. He seemed both surprised and scared by his own actions. Josh couldn't <laughs> believe it either. You, you fucking hit me! He shouted. <laughs> Fuck you! The doctor shouted back. <laughs> I, I'm trying to save your life! Josh took a step forward. Smack! Josh's left ear exploded into a fit of ringing. Searing pain followed. He let out a high-pitched yelp and staggered, fighting to remain on his feet despite the sloshing fluid in his ears. <laughs> you scream like a rat when it hits the pan, Tiger commented in Josh's good ear. For a moment, he had many questions about how future people prepared their rats to eat, but pain in his head drove that away. Stay strong, he thought to himself. I'm giving you a choice. He slurred with faux confidence at Cronish, who outweighed him by at least 50 pounds. <laughs> Either put this thing up your ass, or I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> Not this year, Cronish said as he delivered a swing to Josh's gut. This brought Josh to his knees. Unable to stop himself, he started sobbing. <laughs> wow, Tiger perked up in his ear. You are really crying over there. Punching me. <laughs> Josh yelled defensively, spitting out flecks of blood. So? Tiger shot back. You got a special delivery to make, soldier. Hop to it. But it 
Cronus. Josh sobbed. Cronus shook his head. I'm calling the police. He turned to go. But I'm trying to help you, Josh cried pathetically. Meanwhile, Tigard continued to shout in his ear. Get up! But Josh couldn't. The pain. Get up! It was just too much. Get up, future man! Tiger's voice echoed through his head, drowning out everything else. Something inside of him clicked. That's right, slurred the voice in his head. You aren't Josh right now. Josh would cry like a stupid baby, but that's not you. You, you're a fucking future man. Get up! Tiger, sh- Tiger roared. Okay, future man answered. As Cronish's hand gripped the doorknob to escape, Future Man was upon him. He jumped up and wrapped his arms around Cronish's neck. Oh, oh, come on! The doctor shouted. I don't want to fight you! I don't want to fight you! Future Man repeated, also shouting. His feet were no longer on the ground. Cronish swung him back and forth. Stop it! Future Man cried. No! Cronish growled back. Future Man adjusted his grip, keeping Cronish in a headlock with one arm so that he could wave the blinking device in the doctor's face. Just put this up your ass! You dirty motherfucker! The doctor struggled harder. I have one in my ass too, Future Man said, trying to assure him. It's fine, you get used to it! Fuck you! As Cronish shouted this, the door to the roof opened. Both men froze. A figure appeared in the door. Rhoda, Cronish uttered with relief. To the doctor, Future Man knew. The figure appeared to be his secretary, a middle-aged woman with large hair. But that's not <laughs> what Future Man saw. The biotic, the biotic locked eyes with him and started to emit a familiar humming sound. Mm-mm. Plant the suppository, Future Man, Tiger shouted. Now! But there was no time. The device wasn't going to make it inside the doctor's ass. The next best thing would have to do. With a sudden, violent movement, Future Man squeezed the doctor's throat as hard as he could. Cronish choked, opening his mouth wide, and Future Man pushed the device inside. He cupped his hand over the doctor's mouth to to prevent him from spitting it out. Cronish tried to do just that, but he couldn't. He shook and struggled. Look! Future Man urged, Look at it! He used his grip to direct Cronus's view. The man shook once more and then stopped. Rotor? He mumbled. Confident in his success, Future Man released his grip and stumbled to the ground. Cronus was frozen in place, his cheek bulging with the device inside. He spit it into his hand, but his eyes remained fixed on Rhoda. He returned the device to his mouth, held it there for a few seconds, and spit it out again. Then he put it in his mouth again. (laughs) You want to know why your secretary looks like a ball sack and has a laser gun arm? Future Man asked. (laughs) Cronish spit the blinking device into his hand. Yes, I believe I would. A wave of victory washed over Future Man. Good, he said. Now come to me if you want to shit. Now, humming at full charge, the biotic rose its laser gun arm at Future Man. He threw himself against Cronish, sending them both to the ground as a laser blast cut through the air. From across the street, Wolf laid down a barrage of fire, driving the biotic to take cover. 
Ignoring the pain flaring over his body, Future Man climbed to his feet and helped Cronish up. Let's go, Doc, and hold on to that device. You're gonna need it. He gave the doctor a knowing wink, and then together they fled down the stairs. The end. <laughs> wow, Andrew, that was really good. You win. You win this champion oh, this week. Thanks, Gravel Done. Man. You win everything. No, Gravel Man. That is not how. That is not how this game is played. We have to listen to Andrew's. Wait, we have to listen to Marcus's story, and then we tell them who wins. I think Andrew's is the best. <laughs> Gravel man, I am, I am, uh, of course, humbled by your words, but I too would very much like to hear Marcus's story, Just... or other Andrew as we call him on this show. <laughs> oh, hey, clearly. Oh, all right, boy. other Andrew, are you ready? I, I'm ready. To, uh... This is a lot of pressure because I know I don't want to, you know, risk Gravel Man getting upset that this one's not as good as original Andrew or OA. I'm not even. I'm not even going to listen to yours. <laughs> is it just me or is his voice changing a lot? It feels like it might be changing a bit. How old is Gravel Man? Is he going through gravel puberty? I think I think he's just falling apart. He's like reaching he's 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 uh, reached gravel pause or something. <laughs> just all downhill from there. All right. Like all middle-aged gravel men, he eventually reaches gravel pause. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, I'm ready for Marcus's story now. All Let's right. Let's listen to Marcus. Let's do this. Here is Future Man by Other Andrew. <laughs> At first, Josh had been amazed when Tiger and Wolf had shown up in his parents' basement. And, of course, a little embarrassed because he was jacking off at the time. <laughs> then he was overwhelmed by the weight of the biotic war being real. And, of course, a little aroused because Tiger was even hotter in real life than in the game. Finally, he had moved on to being annoyed because, of course, Tiger would never sleep with him. And, even worse, they wanted him to do a goddamn stealth mission. <laughs> You're the one who said we can't just kill Cronish, Tiger said. Besides, Wolf added, you beat level 28, which was the hardest infiltration mission we've recorded in the history of the war. Yeah, but I died like a billion times, and it sucked balls. I hate <laughs> stealth missions. You'll do fine, Tiger said. If something goes wrong, we can time travel to fix it. Just like a do-over in the game. Now shut your rat hole so I can brief you. <laughs> Calling Mouth's rat holes was one of the things that made the real tiger slightly less sexy than her video game counterpart. Though the fact that she didn't know what babies were and that there were no herpes in the future bounced her back to the positive side. <laughs> no condoms. <laughs> Josh had always been disproportionately terrified of getting herpes for a virgin. He'd never even had a cold sore. All right, what do I have to do? It's simple, Tiger said. You just have to collect Cronish's spit from the backwash in his champagne glass. Getting time-clocked samples of his DNA from throughout his life will allow us to track how his specific strain of herpes evolved over time. It could be the key to defeating the biotics. Oh, easy, because I definitely get the opportunity to drink champagne with Elias Cronish a lot in my day job as a janitor. We've taken care of that, future man. Of course you have. Are you and Wolf coming with me for backup? This is a solo mission, Wolf said. And I was hoping to do some 2017 cooking while you were gone. You can't go upstairs. My parents can't know you're here. 
Would you tell an artist not to paint? In your time? Yes, I would imagine stopping to paint will get you killed by a biotic. I, I think I remember that from one of the cutscenes. But I see your point. You're welcome to anything in the mini-fridge, and I think there's chips and a hot plate in one of my piles. Yes! Wolf pumped his arm in a way that he'd seen Josh do. So, Josh said, turning back to Tiger, how are you getting me into Cronish? I used the TTD to travel back in time and get you a fake award and some time with the CEO to celebrate it. As of yesterday, this has been a tradition at the company for 20 years. Very prestigious. Your appointment is this afternoon. Just remember, we need to get DNA from multiple years, so whatever you do, don't lose your access. Great, Josh said. What is this award? The Janitorial Academy Certificate of Knowledge. Official award. (laughs) Janitorial Academy... Why would you give it that abbreviation? (laughs) What abbreviation? (laughs) A jack-off award at your age? That's impressive work, Futterman. (laughs) Cronish tipped his glass to Josh, then took a sip, causing the massive cold sore on his upper lip to glisten. Josh took a sip of his glass and tried not to stare at it. (laughs) I was too busy chasing tail at that age to even consider a jack-off. The 60s were a hell of a time. Maybe if I'd been more like you, I wouldn't be here today. Josh set his glass down on Cronish's angular desk. You're the CEO of a multi-billion dollar research company, and I clean your trash. (laughs) Cronish laughed. He clapped Josh on the back a couple of times. That you do, Futterman. That you do. (laughs) And you do a fine job of it. That's why we're here today. Cronish set his own glass down next to Josh's and turned to face his wall of windows. Josh reached out towards the glass but froze when Cronish turned back over his shoulder. Did I ever tell you the story about how I got herpes? <laughs> uh, no, Josh said. Why, why would you? Is that a story you tell a lot? <laughs> Cronish chuckled again and turned back to look at his beautiful view of downtown Los Angeles. It was 1969. And America had just landed on the moon. I was at a frat party. Like I said, chasing tail, not jack-off material. And I felt like I could do anything. We were all celebrating this amazing footage of Neil Armstrong taking one small step. America was invincible, so I figured I must be too. Josh switched the glasses. They were both empty, but he hoped there would be some DNA around the rim. Cornish continued unaware. Josh hated stealth missions, but he was pleased he could still do them when needed. My dick was as hard, straight, and aerodynamic as the Saturn V rocket that had sent our boys to the moon. (laughs) And there was Genevieve. Her breasts and butts as beautiful, round, and previously unattainable as the moon our boys had landed on. She was way out of my league, but no one else was interested that night because she was having an outbreak. I figured if we could land a man on the moon, we could do anything. Surely we'd have a cure for herpes soon. What was the risk, really? (laughs) That cure never came. Yeah, um, well, I've got to get going, sir. I've got a lot of important uh, janitoring to do. (laughs) Nonsense, Futterman, Cronish said. This is your moment. Have one more drink with me. Josh looked on in horror as Cronish filled the glass in Josh's hand. The glass that had been pressed against Cronish's oozing sore only moments ago. He filled Josh's clean glass and raised it to a toast. To you, Futterman! 
I can't wait to see what your future holds. He raised the glass towards his lip, and Joff shouted, No! What is it? I uh, accidentally grabbed the wrong glass. I think this is yours, and that's mine. Nonsense, Cronish said. I'm always extremely careful with where I set my glass. My strain of herpes is so contagious, that even <laughs> touching the same glass as mine with your lips would be bound to infect you. Even with no backwash remaining, do I need to tell you about the moon landing again? Uh, no, no, sir, once was, once was enough. I just don't know if I can drink this. Cronish narrowed his eyes and stared deeply at Josh. I'm honoring you here, Futterman. Don't you want to keep your job? Josh looked between Cronish and his glass and back again. Suddenly, Tiger's warning came back to him. Just remember, we need to get DNA from multiple years, so whatever you do, don't lose your access. Josh forced a smile. If something goes wrong, we can time travel to fix it. He raised the glass and took a sip. Cronish finished his glass. Now get out of here, Futterman, I have work to do. Herpes won't cure itself. Believe me, <laughs> you can't shake it. <laughs> Josh shuddered and turned to exit, concealing his stolen gra- glass as well as he could. Wait, Cronish said. One more thing. Clear my glass, won't you? You are a janitor, after all. Well done, future man, Tiger said. You got two glasses. That's more than we needed. Didn't you hear anything I just said? I got mouth herpes, and I didn't need to do the mission at all. I could have just gone there cleaning. I need the TTD so I can go back and fix it like you said. You can't actually travel back to the same point in your time stream. If you ran into yourself, the consequences could be devastating to all of space and time. Then you do it! Josh shouted. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've got important saving the world research to do right now. You understand. I certainly don't. (sighs) Wolf, you've got to help me out. You know, I I would. I would, but (laughs) I pretty much do what Tiger does. You can have some of this queso I made, though. Josh shied. <laughs> Thanks. Of course. Just, uh, just don't double dip. <laughs> the end. Oh, excellent. That was, that was fun. I hated it. It was terrible. <laughs> oh, great. Andrews man. was much better. Oh, I'm so sad, Gravel Thank man. you so much, Gravel Voiced Man. Uh, Wow. Uh, that was great. Those were two excellent, excellent stories. (laughs) And, uh, it was very clear that one of you had more specific information about this show (laughs) than the other one did. And I am pleased as punch about it. That's the joy of (laughs) Q&As. That is the joy of Q&As. Oh, I'm curious to know more about this. (laughs) <laughs> uh we'll we'll get there okay we'll get there but for now uh let's hear from the two writers what this process was like andrew what were the challenges in writing futterman oh man um well uh just getting started i suppose it was kind of landing on an idea um this one sure just had so many possibilities with it, given that it's a time travel story, um, that it took me a while just to kind of lock on to what I wanted to do. Um, and then when I came up with a very specific idea, uh, which was to directly reference a movie from a specific time, <laughs> um, I, I just landed on that. 
So, do either of you know what this scene is directly ripped off from? I even copied lines of dialogue <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> no. Whoa, really? I yeah. did not catch that. Yep, yep. So, uh, that's fine. I know neither of you are huge John Carpenter fans, but for those of you in the audience who are, this was an homage to the Keith David starring They Live and the famous put on the glasses scene in which Keith David and uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, (laughs) duke it out in an alleyway as Piper tries to put sunglasses on Keith David. Oh, that's excellent. (laughs) Yes. And yet made more obnoxious by the fact that it was actually sticking a small or large egg up his ass instead. Yes. That's that's great. Wow. Uh, I guess I got to watch this movie. Yeah. I'll be sad when it isn't an oversized egg being shoved <laughs> up an ass. Yes. But wow. So that's wow. that's that's once I got that idea just popped into my head. I was like, yep, that's I'm just going to do that. <laughs> sure. Fantastic. That's funny. Well, this is great. Uh, Marcus, other Andrew. Yeah. What was your process like? Uh, this one just came really easy. It, w- it was interesting. I-, I knew that I wanted to do something with herpes. So, Andrew, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but I had a lot more Q&A info, I think. Uh, I knew the specific way that he got herpes, like the time that was after the moon landing, and that he was trying to cure herpes because he had it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to put all that in. And also that, you know, we're not just trying to kill him. So come up with a nonviolent way of handling this. So I went back and forth. Like I was trying to think of, this is kind of back to the future time travel. I I had this image in my mind that I just couldn't make work into a story where he was going to have like a cold sore. Our uh, lead guy Futterman was. And he's going to see it like fading in and out in the mirror as he's making progress on his mission. (laughs) Sure. Um, <laughs> I couldn't quite get that to work. I just liked that image. Back to the That's future great. style. Yeah, that would have been that great. Works. But not not that the story that you came up with is any less great. But that that's that's a fun idea. Well, when uh, when they hire you to write an episode for season two of Future Man, <laughs> you can include that in there. Uh, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, it came pretty easily, and I. I really saw it as three acts tried to do the the tv style cutting between the scenes Mm -hmm. i yeah i really like the way you cut in that especially my especially the cut from the first the second scene was really (laughs) really effective thank you that that was the other hard thing was coming up with the acronym for jack off So what was it? It was the Janitorial Janitorial Academy Academy Certificate of Knowledge Official Award. Off. Official. Gotcha. (laughs) Jack. Off, if you will. That's great. Um, Both these stories uh, had stealth missions. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Gotta have stealth missions. Um, Oh, man. Uh, References to rats, of course, give (laughs) you both points. Yeah. Though... Uh, Andrew, the line, I think it was like, scream like a rat when it hits the pan, <laughs> as if they cook the rat. <laughs> I know, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, but that's so great. <laughs> um, come with me if you want to shit. <laughs> that's good. That is a really good line. Uh, yeah, I loved everything. Um, 
though let's see i'm like reading off my notes here um the the scene that marcus wrote where where cronish is telling josh the story of when he got get when he got herpes Uh and josh asks do you tell this story a lot (laughs) he actually does (laughs) it is something he tells everyone Uh, all the time oh that's great the entire company exists to cure the herpes <laughs> that he got at that party. Oh, that's so funny. So it was very, very true to the source there. I enjoyed that a lot. Yours was more graphic and more funny. So <laughs> good you. job. Thank you. So, so Marcus, was the question that you asked was if Cronish has herpes himself? I asked if anyone in the story had herpes. Oh, okay. And then I... Gotcha. Yeah, got that, that info. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh... So good. Um, yeah, and you also asked about the time travel mm-hmm. device, which mm. is the TTD. It's a specific little little device that I failed to mention in my pitch. Uh, and a couple other details like that. Josh is living in uh, the Futterman house, his dad's house, his parents' house, that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, anywho, I, I guess I should probably choose the winner. I thought loser. Gravel Man already did. <laughs> Well, Gravel Man isn't here anymore. I made him go sit outside in the cold. Oh, no wonder yeah. his nips were so 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 gravelly. He's gonna wear through that shirt. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about your future mans. So, first of all, I have to give a shout out to the actual creators of this show. There are many many writers that were credited. Um, number one, I'm gonna gonna give a shout out to Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg for creating and writing a bunch of episodes, and then we also got uh, writing credits by Kyle Hunter, Howard Overman, Ariel Shafir, Ben Carlin, Dan Merck, and now I have to say all of the writers because I've started down this path already and it's a dark, dark path. Henry Alonzo Myers, Matthew Bass, Theodore Bressman, Jessica Conrad, Melody Durloshan, and Nora Winslow. I did it all. Those are all the writers. Well done. Good job. Thanks. Thanks for making a good, fun show, guys. And gals. But anyway, I have to say, between the two of you, the one who wrote it almost as well as those aforementioned writers is Mr. Other Andrew. Congratulations, oh, Other Andrew. Oh, that was me this what? time. This is an outrage. <laughs> I am so upset. Oh, no, he's oh, back. Gravel Man, he's back. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, first, Andrew did better. <laughs> Thanks, Gravel Man. I appreciate it. Oh, it's you know not you can't make everybody happy on this show. That's what I'm learning right now. Andrew, I'm concerned that uh, our our warring back and forth and causing Eric to evaluate us has caused him to have a psychological split. <laughs> He's got <laughs> other personalities showing about. up. I see, I know, I I see feel, Gravel Man there. I feel pretty stable. <laughs> He's there. Uh, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, seriously, both of you wrote an excellent future man, but Marcus, yours was funnier. It, uh, it, it had me rolling the, that scene with, uh, with Cronish <laughs> telling the tale is just, it's just too much fun. Thank you. It's too much fun. I like the sciency nature of, uh, of the mission, though I will say that Andrew's mission was much more in line with something that would actually happen in the show. Like, you know, the mission being you gotta get this guy to shove this thing up his butt <laughs> is, of course, the sort of mission that, like, you know, Rogan and Goldberg would write. Yeah. Uh, but yours is still very creative, so points points for that. 
Thanks. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, talk talk amongst yeah. yourselves. What'd you all? What'd you all well, think? So, Andrew, uh, I didn't know the reference to the movie uh, to They Live, but mm-hmm. I will also say, I want to know which technology things that Eric gave you because I was wondering what you'd created and what was in there. I thought it was all passable. I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, he didn't give me anything. I made all that up. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. The my, my Q and A bit was more just like kind of clarifying things that he mentioned during the pitch. So understanding, like, you know, kind of the structures of episodes, you know, do they just travel around in time or do they stay in, like, one time period? Because he mentioned that it was Back to the Future-like, so I wasn't sure if it was just one specific point in time. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, I just, it was just a matter of once I landed on the They Live structure of determining, okay, what's going to be, what's what's he going to be trying to get Keith David to do? And again, going back to that, it is Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Yeah. I was like, it's got to just be the just the most crude thing possible. And so I just was like, he's got to try stick something really large <laughs> up the the other up the guy's ass. That's got to mm-hmm. be it. So yeah, that, that's how that's I landed. Why I thought on it, it must have been something from the show. I was like, that is so this kind of humor. I thought it was spot on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you both hit that very well too. That crude sense of humor. So Good. kudos to you both. I enjoyed that immensely. Thanks. Yeah. No. Um, no, Marcus. Again, um, we've already mentioned it, but the structure of your story was excellent. Um, the transitions. I was wondering, like early on, I was like, "Oh, is this just gonna be, um, you know, just them describing the mission in the basement?" Which would have mm-hmm. been fine, but the way when it transitioned and the way you transitioned again was great but when it happened i was so pleased it was so satisfying to know that we were going to go on this adventure um so and and that again as eric said that was my favorite part of the whole thing is just your that story was one of the funniest things um that we've had on the show and just i was with eric just rolling at that (laughs) in the, the just the graphic description of everything and and getting planting early on that Josh is like really afraid of contracting herpes and then having that <laughs> yeah. be this thing that he has to do was oh, just yeah. perfect. It was <laughs> that so dramatic good. dramatic irony of knowing that they switched the glasses <laughs> and then having to put it to his lips. Yeah. And then the whole thing being diffused, or not diffused, but just completely undercut because He's just going to bust both of the glasses anyway, so why did he have to do that at all? Oh, it was so, so satisfying to listen to. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And, and Cronish, like that description, I because of my very <laughs> contagious herpes, I know yeah. exactly where I put my glass. Uh, uh, oh. Yes. Yeah, um, I was a little worried at the beginning, Marcus, because it does start, yours starts kind of slow, and, it, and it's a long piece. Mm-hmm. Do you do you know the word counts? It's about fourteen thirty, somewhere around there. Fourteen. Oh, really? Yeah. That uh, did not. Uh, that that's shorter than I would have expected. Yeah, me too. Wow. That's yeah. Interesting. That's awesome. Good. Because uh, I think yeah, it does start a little slow, um, because we are we're setting up a lot of stuff. And I was wondering, like, listening to that first scene, they're in the basement, they're talking about what's about to happen. Uh, what's going on, kind of explain the science-y stuff. And I was thinking to myself, okay, how is this going to pan out in like 1,500 words? Because I know from experience from writing sham fictions that having a scene break is hard mm-hmm. because you have to use up word count 
to introduce another scene. But you, I think you managed it because your, your transition was so smooth. It was that direct uh, TV show style cut that did it. Um, so it, uh, my worries were for naught. Thanks. It all paced out. Yeah, it was, I, we talked about this uh, a bit on the last episode when we were doing Jumanji, is how much do you want to actually put in, in terms of letting this stand alone, the backstory and the setup, when we have such a short amount of words to convey a story. And with this one, I thought, just give it just enough to get off its feet, because uh, I really wanted this to structure like a TV episode, where the setups at the very beginning get paid off at the end of the story Mm -hmm. yeah and you definitely did that um that's what was so satisfying about it is that although i would say yeah that that opening scene definitely felt a little bit long it at least paid off in you know like gangbusters i mean it's just it was so satisfying the way that it concluded that it, it, it made up for it um yeah and uh, it was fun to get, um, you know, characterization of Wolf, which was a character I didn't really play with. And I liked the way that, uh, that you did. Um, one of my favorite bits of characterization that you had, a little detail, was you mentioned that he fist pumped the way he had seen Josh do it, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I just liked that because it was like, oh, yeah, this is a future guy who's mimicking modern people because he's, he's learning. And I, I liked that. I was a little disappointed from both of you that I didn't get more Wolf, because Wolf is a joy in this show. And Andrew, you had yours set in the 80s. Yeah. And I was excited for no reason, uh, because I know from watching the show that when Wolf goes to the 80s, he... (laughs) He really goes to the 80s. <laughs> oh, boy. Lots of coke. Thing. There's uh, so much coke. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, oh, my. You got to watch the show just for Wolf in the 80s. Oh, boy. It's it's magical. Yeah, I'm going to watch a few episodes uh, tonight. I'm excited. It'll be good. It starts a little slow. I'll warn you. It starts a little slow because there's a lot to set up, but it finds its stride pretty quickly in the first couple of episodes. So I hope you enjoy it. And um, if anybody else wants to watch it, listening to the show and you do because it's a fun show unless you don't like swear words then don't watch the show uh you should go to hulu because that's where the show exists it's a hulu original it just got picked up for a second season we'll be getting more future man in the near future man man man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so uh anything else from the twos of yous before we you know before we uh hop in our ttd and zap away to the future i i i really enjoyed your story andrew i want to see it now knowing the reference so <laughs> i think that would be a fun gag i know you did good quote hunting one time yeah that was, that's uh, right really enjoyable your name yeah, of the that wind was our name of the wind episode from season mm-hmm. one yeah well i can tell you even if you don't want to watch all of they live which i would still recommend that you do uh the whole uh fight scene the famous fight scene is available to watch just on its own on nice. youtube and i that's how i did it i watched that <laughs> I scene and I, I watched that scene and transcribed it uh and then <laughs> and then kind of used that as my outline for the story i think that was a genius method <laughs> hey, oh, thanks thank you, gravel man, man. So I I will say, uh, Andrew, when I was looking at your piece, and I guess it makes sense because it was just uh, this takeaway from that other scene, uh, 
what I saw as missing was why we're trying to do this thing, right? So ultimately it was to see the biotics, but we'd think that the biotics would be like the Terminators and they'd be on Cronish's side. So that, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Like, why are we trying to, what is this going to accomplish in the narrative that had been set out in the pitch? Um, and then ultimately we had this sort of internal dramatic irony which when you have that close third person uh, can be hard to pull off where Josh knows exactly what's going to happen when he accomplishes this goal, but we as the audience don't. Okay, so it was unclear exactly in the end even what was happening? In the end, it was all clear. Uh, Okay. You know, I just would have wanted more after that point to see why it was important to get him to see a biotic. If the biotic well, was it's interesting, to too, um, if I may jump Please. in, the like you have a character, like you said, who knows why he's trying to accomplish something, and we, since it's fiction, we can see into his head, so why isn't the narrator giving us that information early on? Is that kind of what you're, that was exactly what you're talking it, about, yeah. Marcus? That, that gotcha. was the bigger thing that I try to think about when writing this. Okay, I guess it wasn't necessarily I guess it wasn't necessarily important that I keep that hidden now that I'm thinking about it. It was something that I just kind of wanted to reveal at the end was what mm-hmm. it, the purpose of it was. Um, because it just felt like kind of silly just that he was trying to get something up a guy's ass. <laughs> um, so well, that's, definitely. yeah, so I, I thought about that and I, I definitely sided on waiting until the end to to do that but no i definitely saw it as and i guess i could have said like he needs to see these things he needs to know that they exist you know yeah but that because that was the goal like that in the end is the goal that he sees them um and yeah so i guess that sort of thing could have helped but i don't know i wasn't entirely sure how when best to lay that in so i did it at the end sure it was a perfect sham fiction 100 <laughs> percent every gravel <laughs> Apparently you got every gravel, Andrew. Oh, wow, uh, 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 all gravel score. I every will cherish that gravel. as long as I live, Gravel Man. Thank you. Uh, it's kind of conceited that Gravel Man's like like uh, metric for scoring thing is just himself. Yeah. You know, I mean, the best thing is himself. I guess you got you got issues, Gravel Man. Anyway, <laughs> future men and future ladies, let's wrap up this show. Shall we? Yeah. In, in the future, Eric, are there any alien creatures who you might have advice no, on? No, whether no. Or not we can defeat? There are no alien creatures. They Definitely not. Are energy they based? Are no, no energy based creatures here. Definitely not on my episode. Okay. So let's just wrap this up. <laughs> this has been Sham Fiction. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching. I mean, listening. Whatever. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Sham Fiction is a Two Jackets production hosted by Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Original music by Reed Reimer. Head to shamfiction.com for the episode archive. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Hey gang, Andrew here. I'm struggling to find the words to describe the movie I'll be pitching to Marcus and Eric next time. I mean, if I spoke about it, if I did, what would I tell you, I wonder? 
Would I tell you about the time? It happened long ago, it seems, in the last days of a fair prince's reign. Or would I tell you about the place, a small city near the coast, but far from everything else? Or, I don't know, would I tell you about her, the princess without a voice? Or perhaps I would just warn you about the truth of these facts and the tale of love and loss and the monster who tried to destroy it all. Next time on Sham Fiction. This has been a Two Jackets production. What? Oh, oh. oh do it here. Tap, tap, tap. What's up? You're not recording. Yes, we're recording right now. No, do, do is it going to take just a second? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just do it quick. Let me know when you're done. Okay. Here. Is she going to take a poop? She's got to do something really quick that's going to make a lot of noise. <laughs> so she's going to take a poop. <laughs> Say question asked, question answered. Keep it rolling. Keep on rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Rolling. Rolling down the gravel. Oh, gotcha. Save it for for when this is the real, when it's the real deal. Save it. You gotta save it.